Welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I'm Paul, your host. I'll be joined by John. We'll do our best to confuse you with the weakest sport. This is the Love Sport Podcast. again for another Love Sport podcast. How are you, mate? Mate, never been better. I honestly have never been better. If there was an adjective to describe how I'm feeling, I couldn't find one. I can't believe mate. That's sensational. In a year that's been pretty dark for a lot, I am super stoked for you. I don't reckon I'm far behind you either. Must be that time of year. Have you uh, something finished with you at the moment? Or something mate, it's the first, uh, first day of school holidays. It was, it was started tonight. I knew so, that. I was being a bit facetious, mate. So. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy. And to, I love my sorry, job. Mate. No, well, you know, I absolutely love my job and um, it gives me great joy to be at school every day and take that opportunity. And, yeah, um, I've had a really fantastic year. The kids have done good. So, yeah, it's awesome. And to all of John's students, uh, have a great and safe holiday. So enjoy boys and girls, if you are listening in. John, it's been another unbelievable week in sports. Um, I know we say it um, ad nauseum, but we are truly blessed to follow so many sports. We're not we're not limited by summer or winter or anything like that, so we're pretty lucky. I was, um, one of the things I've said to you in many cases, I feel very – here we go, I'm talking like a, a priest, but I feel very blessed to have um, been lucky enough to grow up in Queensland and – and one of the best things about growing up here was that there was never that whole, well, you know, this is the only thing we do and that's all there is. Yep. I got access to all four football codes. Um, I got to play cricket, swimming, surfing, tennis, whatever you want. We did everything. And, um, and, and, I've, and I do really enjoy all the different sports. There's a couple that I'm, you know, not into as much as others, but like you can't be into everything, but... Yeah, I think it's an awesome way to be. And one of the reasons why I think Queensland is so good at so many things is that our kids get access to playing different games. Yeah, totally agree there. And for our Southern State listeners, we know football is life um, for you. So uh, don't uh, don't turn off the pod right now. We do get that. Now, that's a good little segue in. Today is the uh, AFL draft. And that's um, one of the strangest in many seasons, not being able to have seen a lot of the young guys play this play this year. Um, yeah, I, you need to fill me in on all the um, details because um, I was, I mean, I've got a young fellow who's next door to me actually who was in line to be um, drafted through the Suns Academy and he was giving me some details about where it's all at and, um, you know, he's basically telling me that it's, it's off for a year for most of those guys. Yeah, for a lot of the younger ones who would have 
just been eligible to to uh, go in the draft. A lot of those kind of fringe players will probably opt out of this year's draft or has opted out. So we have the Crows with the uh, number one draft pick. Um, so we shouldn't see any uh, changes then. You've got teams like the Lions and, and Carlton because they've done some really you know strong trading, obviously. Um, they they don't get a pick until the later in the later in the round. We should see some switches tonight as well. Essendon with an absolute, um, you know, they've got picks six, seven, and eight. And, um, you know, I think the last time that, that kind of thing happened would have been probably the Brisbane Lions. Um, mm-hmm. Giants with a whole raft of picks, but they seem to continually do that. They bring players for, through for three or four years and then seem to lose them and get compensated there. North with a couple early picks. Um, as you could probably expect, uh, teams like Richmond and um, St Kilda and Port a bit later in the draft. Richmond expected to uh, pick up a son of a gun. So um, another Rioli potentially to Richmond. Essendon were going to put in a bid early on to see if they could get uh, Rioli, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. So a son of Morris, um, one of the all-time legends of AFL. So it's going to be... Morris Rioli, he's a Richmond though, isn't he? I mean, that's what I think of him. Yeah, I mean, look, um, he could have, because of Morris's days in WA, he could have opted for Fremantle, um, but he's mm. opted for Richmond. Essendon can come in, and, and clubs can do this, where they come in really early with picks, and then Richmond has to match um, with an early pick. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but look, it's going to be one of those drafts. I don't think... It's not the trade period. We spoke about this earlier, John. I don't think anyone can win the draft period nor win uh, a trade period for years to come. It, it is like any sport that has drafts. It's a hindsight thing, isn't it? It just depends on, you know, they've got all these draft picks, Essendon, but if two of those three don't make it, and there's all kinds of reasons why people don't make it, like, uh, I mean, they could, um, you know, test positive for something. They might break their leg really badly. Just anything can happen, you know. Um, yeah. They mightn't be any good. Uh, it, it's simple as that. And... Um, yeah, you do have to wait a while. I, I, honestly, when it comes to the AFL draft, I'm quite happy to put my faith in the Lions front office because the group that's there at the moment has been doing an amazing job of talent um, selection and retention. And that's really where I'm at. I remember a few years ago, I got really bent out of shape because Mark Murphy was supposed to come to the Lions on the father-son rule. I didn't want it, so he went to Carlton. I look at that and I wonder how that worked out for him. That was his call. But, um, you know, he obviously wanted to play for the Blues. Uh, he's been there in their darkest period. So good luck to him. And um, some some pretty weird some some pretty weird things have um, <laughs> some pretty weird things have happened. Uh, Jamara Yergel Hagen, um, uh, who looks like he'll obviously go to the well, not obviously he'll be going to the Western Bulldogs. He actually contacted his future captain uh, Marcus Ponsonpelli and and had to borrow basically jeans or. Or pants to wear to the draft because mm. he'd never had, never owned any. I just think that's that's pretty <laughs> amazing. Be, uh, yeah, no, nah, those stories are awesome. You do you do love it when they be um pretty amazing if uh, if you didn't end up going to the Bulldogs. <laughs> that would be well. I reckon um, Bonson probably might be able to afford a spare pair of pants, but no, nah, he'll be off to the dogs because he's uh he's he's an academy pick there, so that they'll pick him up. The, the, the There's point... so many different rules in the AFL draft. Like it, it's. It is convoluted to the max. You do you have to, have to be, be yeah. yeah. But I still have to keep up with it, man. You have to be a mathematics or a, or a trade expert um, because there's there's 
a certain amount of points you've got from trading players in and out, and a certain amount, certain amount of points for academy picks, father sons. Um, so it really is convoluted. Um, I've done a fair bit of reading on it, and I still don't get quite where it is. So probably why I'm not a uh, on a draft academy there. It'll be look. It'll be good. We had. Sorry, Josh. sorry. I, I went to the draft one year a couple of years ago. Yeah. We went to it when it was held at um, at the casino in uh, Gold Coast. And the only thing I really remember that night was um, seeing uh, the GWS um, players um, out at an Italian restaurant afterwards. That was about the highlight of the night. It was, it was amongst <laughs> the most boring nights of my life. Yeah, it doesn't it – doesn't, I, I can see what they're trying to go for. Um, and, look, there is one really interesting thing to come out of the draft tonight. Uh, well, last year we had Matty Rao and his best mate. They, they were certainly to be picked by the Suns. And even though Matty Rao got injured, he was one of those rare plays you just went straight away. And he made an impact. And they knew yeah, that. Archie Perkins, I'm not sure if you've heard this guy's name, but you will. He's actually told any interstate club he will not go um, to them if he's drafted. He wants to stay in Victoria. Now, some people are saying that's fine. You know, he's allowed to choose where he goes for a career. Others are saying it's draft tampering. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? I think that the best way to go is to select him and then if he doesn't turn up, don't pay him. That's where I sit on it. And it's and, and similar to what players have done with the NFL in the past, haven't they? And we, we, we know all the famous players who've said they wouldn't go anywhere and forced uh, either a trade. And that's something I would love to see. Um, really hard on the kids because most of the NFL kids are not kids, are they? They're, you know, 21, 22, 23. Not, they're never 20 or 21. Um, the AFL kids are 18. Down the track, if they change the draft rules, I'd love to see clubs then trade players like they do in the NFL. That would be interesting. That sounds to me like a guy who's a kid who's getting advice from somebody who thinks that they know how they can manipulate the system. Yeah. And, you know, you if you're going to be that guy, you better make sure that you can play. I mean, and I mean, not just play, play, but really be really good. I think that one of the things that you look for in a young sports person is uh, is that capacity to be a, a member of a team, a member of a club and a contributor and be playing in all circumstances, good, bad, things are going for you or against you. If you're already putting it out there saying, look, I can't be asked moving, um, you know, guess what? He's going to be travelling every other week and he could be up here in a bubble anyway. But do you, in some ways, it, it, I keep, I've said it's interesting a number of times, but in an, another dynamic is we see a lot of players who do go into state, and whether that mm. is from South Australia to Victoria even, or WA to Victoria, we see a lot of players who, um, after a, a couple of years in the system, then opt to go back home anyway. So it's going to... Yeah, so I, I just wonder how this is going to play out in the future and, and how many... you know Is it draft tampering? It's not really. If a player says what he thinks, he's not tampering with the draft, is he? He's saying, oh, no, not playing. Um, that's up to him. And, and I think you... Well, made it. The, at, you know, the well-documented Nathan Buckley scenario, yep. Bucks did turn up and he actually played, you know, pretty... He gave everything he had for the Lions, even he's only there for one year. I thought um, he did. I thought he, he did. He played exactly as you would be expected to play of a player of that quality and ill. And, yeah. and that adds to, to all that. I mean, I think you have to play. You're, that's probably a young guy. Play, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, mate. 
I, I'd play for no money, and so would you. You know, so um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't. Sure. I wouldn't care. Get a job, mate. You're going to pay me um, to play the game I love. I'll play anywhere. Uh, Absolutely, you know, and that's the attitude you want to see from you. you. Want to be frothing wherever they go, not going. Yeah, well, you know, I I shan't believe in the MCG. <laughs> What's his name again? <laughs> what Archie Perkins? Archie Perkins, mate. Archie Perkins. They should change his name to Fontelroy. Sounds like a twat. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's hope for him it, it all works out. Uh, now, um, we'll jump away from the from the AFL and the draft, and we'll cover some of the results there uh, next week. Shouldn't be too many surprises because we don't know half the place. We haven't seen them, and they haven't really played this year because of COVID from a lot of the states as well. The Champions League was played this morning. I'm not sure if you saw any of the results there, but um, Leipzig held on against United after leading 2-0 and beat them 3-2 in a really, really good game. It was like, I know we say a game of two halves, but it really is, and it's one of the beautiful things of the world game. Um, United looked gone for all money, came back, and Leipzig held on, which means Man United are out of the Champions League. Well, I mean, it's been coming, hasn't it? They were still a chance today, and I think that's the uh, that's the interesting uh, side of that as well. Um, not too many surprises for the rest of the uh, competition there today. Teams seem to have gone through uh, as you would expect. But tomorrow there's some uh, really tantalising kind of things. I mean, you've got Atletico Madrid, Salzburg, or even Lokomotiv Moscow could um, end up with Bayern in Group A. Um, and anyone from Inter up to Mushengladbach, well, Mushengladbach with their goal difference uh, should get through. But that... Mushengladbach, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, any of those teams could go through. Which is it, what sounds like the, it's, it sounds like the European Cup from 1980s. There's two locomotives. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you just need Red Star to be in there somewhere. and Red Star, Belgium, um, yeah. You know, Shakhtar and whatnot. That's, it's a fantastic draw. Look, back to the Man, the, back to the Man United stuff. Um, you know, it's kind of... It's almost unbelievable to me the amount of heat that I haven't heard coming for their manager. I think it's starting to happen. I think it's got to. I can come on. I mean, that, that's got to. Out. I mean, that result. I mean, we can laugh about it. I don't. I'm happy they're out. The only problem it is is it gives them a chance to concentrate on, you know, domestic football. Now I'd like to have seen them really getting, you know, um, pulled really thinly to see just what they've got. But um, that's a terrible result. And, and the thing is, it was it was a deserved win. I did watch it this morning. Leipzig did, did deserve the win. It was like United, honestly, came out of the blocks. Like they hadn't even been spoken to. They hadn't, hadn't even stretched. And uh, you just don't want to see that from your club ever. Um, so, yeah, so that's, you know, Champions League. A couple of little surprises, but it still, you know, generally goes down the way, the way we think as well. Tottenham on top of the EPL. We uh we said Arsenal might be a little bit of a test for him, but there was no test at all there. They won comfortably two 0 Deservedly so. I thought I, I, yeah. I did watch that game, and um, you know, um, the quality of Spurs on the, you know, on counter and on break and whatever is just just fantastic. I think Arsenal. <clears throat> you know, I was speaking to a good friend of mine who's a like a, not just an Arsenal fan, a dude that knows everything yeah. about this point. Yeah. And I was asking about the Arteta experience and all that. And it's like, you know, they're, they're giving it some time. 
Yep. They're giving it some time, but I mean, they're another club. They're not used to this. No, no, they're not. I mean, Man City, even though it was 2-0 over Fulham, were in complete control early on in that game. Chelsea beat Leeds 3-1, and it was a really, really good game. A lot of chances for both sides. Um, And Leeds are going to... It's going to be a good learning year for them because I know Bielsa's touted as a a tactical genius and so forth, but they are susceptible um, to the counter-attack, and and that's basically what Chelsea did to them beautifully. Um, So Leeds will give good value this year, and they'll get better next year, but they were caught out with their... They are so good to watch. Like, I enjoy watching them, but a little bit naive down back. Um, Being good to watch and winning is two totally different things. A hundred percent. But I think, look, I think they've shown enough that they, you know, they're not going to be dragged into a pretty miserable bottom of their ladder there. Uh, with they've got plenty of quality. I'm sure we both agree on that. I, yeah. They are a well, a well um, put together team. Um, very flawed, but, um, you know, like you say, they, they are good to watch and, I'm pleased for their fans. They're getting some value out of them. It's good to see. And look, January promises a fair bit. They've got a bit of money uh, on hand from some sales and um, they've got the ability to strengthen their squad with a couple players from uh, different parts of Europe putting their hand up to say they want to be at Leeds. And why wouldn't you want to be at one of the very big clubs um, in England? And Leeds are... Well, Sean keeps the biggest in the world at the moment, aren't they? Well, I mean, I would disagree, but I mean, they'd certainly be they'd certainly be one of the big followed clubs around the world. I mean, everywhere you go, you see Leeds tops, and that's that's a pretty big sign, isn't it, of, of how big a club is. Um, Liverpool did everything you'd expect in their win over Wolves. Doesn't matter how many injuries they've got, they just seem they seem to come out with these results, and that's a sign of a brilliant team, isn't it? Oh, speaking of big clubs, I think it's hard to get away from the fact that they're still the biggest. Um, and yeah, that's about the only thing I'm going to say about that. To me, that's me praising Liverpool. That's pretty good praise there. Well, a big oh, test. Just, yeah, they they're very hard to beat. It's a, the managers, you know, I think he actually ate a fair bit of humble pie after his reactions last week. But I think well, he, he got out to. the message out there, you know. Look, I think you're right there. Um, and look, he's he's an extremely smart. Um, yeah, you alluded to it last week. He's an extremely smart operator. He knew what he was doing. Um, some real mouth-watering uh, clashes this weekend. Um, we start up on Saturday morning, our time. Leeds taking on West Ham. And I tell you what, West Ham are on fire. So this is, when we say danger games, West Ham's above Leeds on the ladder quite comfortably at the moment. So when we, I, I won't say danger game. It's just going to be a really good game to watch that one, I think, on Saturday morning. They've sunk so much money up into their attacking players that it's it's really come to reward them. They're actually really good to watch. They are. I like West Ham. So that's that's why I think Saturday morning's game is one of those. If you get up nice and early, it actually should be a pretty pretty good watch. Uh, I was having well, a, a play around with my Arsenal mate and I was saying, well, you know, like now that Tottenham's the biggest team in London, you know, is that West Ham number two or Palace? It's a fair call. It's a fair call. Uh, Wolves taking on Villa in somewhat of a derby there. Newcastle taking on West Brom. Look, one of these teams needs to get a result just to get a bit of momentum back. So um, for you, we'd be hoping that it's Newcastle on Sunday We've got to put West Brom to the sword, man. They're the sort of team we we have to banish them. And that's where I feel, I've said to you guys all along this year, how excited I am that we actually have an actual real striker. Yeah. I hope he's not got COVID, 
um, because I want him on the field. Um, that's the kind of game that a Callum Wilson wins your games. Absolutely. And, and look, that's been the bane of your supporting um, kind of thing in the last few years is that, that you know, uh, dearth of, of strikers there as well. Man United taking on Man City. Let's see how Man United can bounce back. Um, that's a late kickoff on uh, Sunday. Um, and then uh, even later kickoff, Everton Chelsea. And Everton really need to get something out of this game. I think Everton uh, are in trouble against Chelsea on the weekend. And they're just sliding and sliding, aren't they? I mean, they've got one of the best coaches in the history of the game and it looked awesome at the start of the year. I mean, I think, you know, Leeds have fallen back to the pack and all the rest of it. But Everton, they flew pretty close to the sun flirting with the top of the ladder and all that. It's a long season. And I think that the coach has done an amazing job. But he'd want I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how Ancelotti goes coaching also around players a whole, you know, couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, not a bad match, this one. Crystal Palace taking on Tottenham. Obviously, Tottenham, um, as you've discussed, top of the ladder. Crystal Palace uh, scored goals for fun. Uh, Arsenal, Burnley, I don't want to watch that. You can watch that on Monday morning for us. Leicester <laughs> taking on Brighton. Might be close, some people think. And Liverpool should romp in against Fulham uh, on Monday morning. Yeah, Fulham are struggling. I can't. I just can't. I just can't envisage the way that they beat Liverpool. But funny things do. It's been a season where strange things have happened. But it seems to me the bottom four are really, really not that good. And I think one of the reasons why everyone's staying, you know, so tight in the maybe the top twelve or thirteen, and then moving up and down. Is because they're absolutely pounding those bottom teams. Yeah, and, and yeah, everyone's absolutely. pounding them because they really are not that good. Um, and I think that usually, you know, there's that. Well, Newcastle usually would lose a whole heap of games to teams like that. You go, how is it that we beat Chelsea in this season? And we lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, it is a different year. At the moment, no. Who knows if that'll even change this season? We'll uh, we'll find out over the next few weeks. Um, did you see the uh, Formula One? Um, you might not have seen the Formula One. Did you see the Formula One pit stop muck up on the weekend? No, oh, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago I feel about Formula One at the moment. It's not exactly the days of Nicky Lauder and James Hunt, is it? Or even, you know, Senna and, and those guys as well. No, it's definitely not. But, oh, my God, uh, they pulled in two of the Mercedes, were pulled into the pit stop around about the same time. First car comes in. They forgot to change the tyres. They basically put the same tyres back on and then almost put the old tyres on the second car. Um, if I'm wrong there, I'm happy for anyone to correct me, but that's what I saw, that they'd realised that they just put the same tyres back on. What they team was it? New- uh, I, thought, I thought it was Mercedes. Oh, Maybe it was I'm them? Wrong. I think it was Mercedes. You'll have to double-check that. Sorry, I'm just doing it off the top of my head, but um, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was one of those funny times. So... We'll put a highlight up of that. Um, we'll put some commentary up so you guys can listen to what happened there as well. But that was the exciting part of the Formula One on the weekend. Thank mm-hmm. God there was no accidents or fires or anything like that. Um, T20s come and gone. 50 overs are come and gone. Coley has more than likely come and gone, so to speak, because his wife will be giving birth uh, relatively soon. So, isn't um, he staying for the first test? I, well, it's still up in the air, isn't it? Well, he'd want to. Well, if Look, he does, if he does, there's still a chance to win the uh, series. But I just don't think they've got enough to take 20 wickets consistently in this uh, in this series. But look, 
the Indians are far pluckier than than what they were years ago. So I'm really, really looking forward to this uh, summer of cricket. I'm looking at India's um, India's test bowling attack, man. I, you know, even the other day they were knocking Pukowski out. Uh, they can bowl and they're quick. Oh, look, no doubt. I still think I still think when it when it comes down to the um, a test. You know, five days. I think they will struggle to take the wickets. That's just my opinion. You you know more about cricket than I do. Well, they were but serious. They, they, but I think losing Colby changes everything. I think it changes the confidence in the team, the brashness. It's just, I think he's a good captain. Um, he keeps he is him in line. Captain, uh, but you, you, I just think it's one of those things where, mm, you know, to me, bowling wins Test matches, and they can find they can find India can find batters anywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're going to replace Colin. He's an absolute king of, of cricket. But, um, you know, they do have a pretty settled, long-term, high-quality test bowling attack. And that makes games of cricket hard. The other thing is they're not worried about heat. It's not no, like they're going to put in the sun, is it? And I'll tell you what's great, though. It's test cricket. And um, for us, uh, you know, purists will call ourselves... It is a test, isn't it? Like it's, it really is a battle of attrition. Every ball counts. Um, oh, I love it. I, lo- I love the summer having the uh, test cricket on, whether I'm watching every over or eating the background. Um, but- I love it on the radio. I, I and I and I want it to be good because I, I like everyone who likes test cricket. I mean, you want a good series. There's nothing worse than those four nil or five nil years. You know. Australia bats and gets 590 for the first two days at the Gabba and then bowls a team out twice in a day. It's like, that's just not where it's at. You love these close contests, no. nip and tuck over the whole summer. No. Someone, you know, someone coming hard at you and, and then, you know, you come back hard at them. It's That's test cricket. That's, that's when it's at its best. I'm looking forward well, to it. Should be good. What, I, I might have underrated India in this, um, for this as well, because uh, Pekoski hit in the head. And then obviously Warner with his injury missing, you know, more than likely one, if not two tests. Yeah, James um, can't hit it off the square at the moment. So that whole opening top top part of Australia is it, it, it's up in the air. Who opens? Um, me and you will take our stuff down there, and um, you can have a run. No, no, mate, I hit across the ball, so I am <laughs> no good as an opener. Put me down at seven or eight, and I'm okay. I, 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 love I heard I did today that they're talking about Sean Marsh coming into the side. And to me, mm. um, when you're already offering the Test Series up to Australia, when I see Sean Marsh back in the Australian Test team, who's an incredibly gifted um, short-form player and could have been one of a fantastic player, but he's never made it in Test cricket, if you ask me for his ability. You bring mm. a guy like him back in, uh, you know, I think India have got a huge chance with their bowling lineup. So where's the first Test being played? Australia. <laughs> ah, I can't know that. I think that they're playing Adelaide, isn't it? So I'm, yeah, so I'm being a bit facetious here. Could we see? Could we see Joe Burns and Usman Kawaja, for example? Even though Kawaja's kind of been banished, those two have batted before for Queensland. They've batted together for Australia. Could you see those two potentially opening left and right handers? Well, he used to be their media manager. I I, I think that that'd <laughs> be a good call. Um, I think that. I think a lot of people in Australia. I actually don't think Joe Burns has been well treated at all by the by um, the Australian cricket selectors. I think they've they brought him in, in in really hard times and then dropped him 
in you know times when you'd say it was probably a little bit easier to get runs. Um, and well, I think I think he's they they need to they need to say to him, well, Joe, Joe, you're batting in this test. You got the first test of the summer. Go and make some runs, or it's over. Yep. Well, that, that's what I message I'd be giving. I'd be actually putting yep. it on him and saying, "This is it, man. Do you want it or not?" He is a he is a very laconic character off the field. Really nice guy and everything. And and maybe some of that, um, and it happens in any sport. Being laconic doesn't always gel well with the powers that be as well. So I'd, I'd love. Look, he's a really nice guy. Um, so I'd like to see him make some runs. I wouldn't be surprised. Keep an eye on it. If it was Kawaja and Burns, I, I just wouldn't be shocked. I think that's a good um, call because they've got some experience. I'd rather that than Sean Marsh. Yeah, but I think you might be right with the Sean call. Uh, I think Kawaja's been given notice that he's he's not coming back in. I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, but look, hey, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. It's going to be a really good summer of cricket. I cannot wait for that at all. Behind the safety car for his first stop. And he's not very, very long. Yeah. Crew having to adjust. Lots of tyres hanging around there. The, the call was obviously made late. Uh, it's a 2.2 mile circuit. Oh, some horrible confusion going on there, isn't there? And then I think now they've realised that there is a problem. And they might have sent Valtteri back out on the same tyres. Someone's come out from the garage saying, no, can't put those tyres on. You just got to right. send them out with, with, with what he had on before. You're right, they put the same ones back on. Um, NFL keeps on throwing up some surprises. I think I was messaging you the other day and and you could just feel the Steelers uh, were 11 uh, and zip and you could just feel that a loss was uh, on, on the cards. Um, and and the, the style of game they played, they, they came out slow um, and, and they had their first loss and I don't think anyone will be crying too much. They can't run the ball. And your Dolphins, your 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 Dolphins team in nineteen seventy two, was cracking the champagne again as the last undefeated team went by the wayside. I love those players, Mercury Morris. They actually are. Uh, they actually also lit up cigars that they've been keeping as How well. How cool is that? So most of, most of the team lit up a cigar, which they do each year, and crack the champagne. The and whether they're Walker. together, I just love those stories, man. I I, I love them. That's one of the um, coolest stories in world sport, that one. And, uh, look, I've just got goosebumps right now. I mean, obviously, I wasn't around at that time, but it's something as a Dolphins fan that's something you can put your hat on. Hasn't been a lot else to that's your thing. Uh, recently. Have you got three Super Bowls and an undefeated season? What's well, a big, yeah. time, big time football club? I'll take it, mate. I'll take it. We've got some uh, – we got some – I keep saying interesting games <laughs> – Pats are still not out of a wildcard spot in the, you know, in the AFC. They're six and six, taking on the Rams, who are eight and four on Friday. Are you going to um, let me my? Are you going to let me say my thoughts on the Patriots Chargers go? Yes, please. Do you think I'm going to get cancelled if I say it? No. Nope. I cannot believe we're talking about the heat on Salter. I cannot believe the way that Anthony Lynn's being treated in the in the American um, in the American uh, sports journalism circles. Like I've never heard such a poorly performed coach, especially one who's got literally seemingly no idea of game time situations and clock management and all that, 
gets such an easy ride from the press. And I don't, I'm not, look, you know what? You might have to tell me what that could possibly be. But we used to say things like, have they got photos of people in the press or something? Because yeah. the key is that the, the, the game between the Patriots and the Chargers, I watched it. I couldn't believe it. The, the Pats made like less than 80 yards on the ground or 80 yards through the air passing and yeah. 45 zip. They would, and, and I'll tell you what, Chargers are packed full of talent. I've got there's people yeah. actually on the TV and on the radio saying that if somebody else was coaching them, they could be pushing for the AFC title game. Well, mate, you couldn't be you couldn't be any you couldn't be any more right if I can say that it was absolutely one of the most disgusting performances I've ever seen, and they are way better team than that. You're right. This is the first week, and I've listened to probably six uh, NFL podcasts over the last few days. This is the first week he's really come under fire from everyone. The first week, and they're three and nine now. So, you know, it took them to be 25% win rate before they actually started getting on win, mate, because this week they have. They've all piled on. I'm a huge believer. And, yeah, but they were still doing the caveat of what an awesome guy he is. I'm... I'm a huge believer. You're either coach or you don't. You're either, who gives a crap if you're an awful bloke, right? Coaching is just what it is. Well, how many assholes have been great coaches? Lots of them. 100%. You know, like, you I mean, obviously, win or you don't. Well, look, this 100%. I mean, you should. Oh, we couldn't do a worse job. We could not do a worse job than he's doing with that talent. We couldn't. They, no they possible way. Three, three special teams plays where they didn't have enough men on the field for them, and they conceded touchdowns on at least two that I can think of off my head. And his whole season has been... It has been documented by those in the know, the clock managing everything. I mean, how you can't see a clock... It doesn't matter. We, we, I, I can't even start on him, mate. Um, Vikings taking on the Bucks, six and six, seven and five. I honestly couldn't care. You know, there's some games you just don't care. I'm sorry to any Vikings <laughs> or, or newly uh, acquainted Bucks fans, but I literally could, could not, could not care. Cardinals, Giants, it's six and six, five and seven. The Giants can win the NFC East. They are playing some good football at the moment. Well, it's become like we said last week. It's always a fun division, and it is again because the the um the football team from Washington is also. Um, making things happen. It's a really exciting, really exciting group. I'm still coming to terms with the fact that the Giants shut down Russell Wilson. Um, that tells yeah. me there's a lot of talk about good defences and stuff like that, but that tells me that um, Judge Judge Dredd or whatever he's called there, Joe Judge or, yeah, Judge Dredd in, uh, in Big Blue has got a, a defence that's playing pretty hard for him. Just shutting down Russell Wilson, that's no snack. And they can do everything on attack, the um, the, uh, the Seahawks. And I was happy to see him get shut down. Um, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll yeah. talk about the Seahawks in the next couple of weeks, John, because mm. I, I think they're, they're sliding out. I think they're, and, I, and I think they've got a small window now where maybe they have to make a coaching change as well. Um, a game that you never, ever would have picked in, earlier in the season as being bloody interesting is the Monday morning Chiefs-Dolphins game. I mean, Chiefs, by all accounts, should win this comfortably, but they haven't been fantastic on offense um, over a few periods this year. They should account rather easily for the Dolphins, but, God, that's got 
It's got something tingly about it for me, mate. I, if we pulled off a win against the Chiefs, that would be one of the greatest Dolphin wins in decades. You guys are frisky. Well, the, the Chiefs have teetered on the brink of getting beat, um, and your guys played pretty hard. I, I tell you, I don't know what you think, but I reckon you would be a 25% chance better of winning this game if you played Fitz. I agree. I think, look, I think Tua's had snaps this year and he's got the experience. He's got a great relationship with Fitz. The players absolutely love Fitz. Um, so I say I would much rather him play. Or you could get that smash because Fitz against a defence, a big time um, game like this, this is sort of America's throw up for interceptions as well. You just never know. And then he gets, and then he gets, um, you know, Tua comes in in the game. I mean, that's not un, that's not unfathomable uh, either. You could see Tua come in that game. But look, Chiefs should win. But for me, it's exciting to go into a game against the Super Bowl champions and actually have a chance. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Titans, Jags, we won't talk about that. The Cowboys and Bengals, unless you're a fan of those two teams, my God, at Trainwreck City there. Watch the Cowboys this week and they were just... They were awful. They were lucky to have lost by 10. Well, they um, Bears and Texans. that tonight, so there's that result. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Didn't know you needed to tell me, mate. Apologies. Right. You, you, didn't miss, you didn't miss a thing, mate. Uh, Texans, Bears, I don't care. Broncos, Panthers, don't care. Jets, Seahawks, no, well, Seahawks. Because Panthers is actually a pretty interesting game. The Panthers um, are still in, almost in the hunt. They are. You're right. You're right. Um, I think... The Broncos-Panthers a big game. We need the Panthers to win that to make something happen down the track. But anyway, keep going. Uh, Jets-Seahawks, just a write-off there. Seahawks will go to 9-4. and four. Colts taking on the Raiders. Now, a couple of weeks ago, this is the thing about football, isn't it? Week to week, we, we talk up a team. The Raiders uh, are on the brink of, you know, struggling if they lose this. I'll be 7-6, and six, the Colts 9-4. and four, And the Raiders were being really spoken about a couple of weeks ago. They were, but they squeaked. They, you know, for whatever reason they did, they squeaked out that win against the Jets on the weekend. And yep. you only need a little spark. It's funny, the NFL is just such a week-to-week thing. You never know what's going to happen. Um, the last minute of that game, look, you would – Derek Carr takes a lot of heat, but I've seen him play some fabulous football over the years, and I thought he showed yeah. some pretty big stones at the back end of that. Now, regardless of whether – um, you know, the Jets coaching staff literally took a knee to allow them to win the game. I don't know. But why would they when they think they're going to get sacked and they're going to get sacked anyway? Yeah, exactly right. It's, um, um, it's a fantastic Pack- game. Packers taken on the Lions. Um, Lions haven't done too much to impress me. I think the pack's getting better and better. The Lions um, petitioning, or Lions, um, you know, Lions ex-legends and that are petitioning Ownership to try and get Salah, the defensive coordinator, out of out of um, out of San Francisco. I mean, how many times have you seen it? I mean, how many times are you going to get told that a fantastic coordinator is going to be the coach that saves everything? It's a bit like the draft that you don't know until that you've had him for a year. No, and, and it also depends, as as you know, it also depends on on what um, what kind of strength that that coach has in terms of do they make game play, you know do they make the offensive calls defensive calls or do they leave it to their assistants and there's so many dynamics that unless you're really into the NFL 
they're not. Some head coaches don't make any of the calls at all. Some guys you know, they be might... immune to criticism all the time. And here's here's another one for you, Paul. And we love these conversations. I don't know how many times I've been told that Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Oh, but he's done. He's not a great. Hey, what like a really good quarterback would have put the organisation on their shoulders and carried them to at least the playoffs a couple of times. And and that's probably one of the weaknesses he of the Lions. Had and, and probably, years. Yeah, and, and look, they just didn't have enough around either of those players. And <laughs> Megatron's, Megatron's one of the, the my favourites ever, mate. I just think that Matt Stafford needs to make a move next year. The Lions need to make a move. It's probably inevitable, but they'll both just part ways next year. Lions need to restart. They need to just start again, start from scratch and do it. Two games, mate, that to end off the um, this next round are going to be sensational. You've got the Steelers taking on the Bills. Um, Bills with a chance to go 10-3 and three and basically seal the AFC East um, and put a bit of pressure on the Steelers for, and I, potentially yeah. um, Kansas City. I think my favourite player, I said we said last week, was Derek Henry, but I've changed this week. My favourite player is Josh Allen. Wow. I just yeah, he I was. love him, man. He's cool. so awesome to watch. He has been lights out this year. He rolls to the right. You would know this. He rolls to the right with such pace that he gives himself the ability to see up the field. So whenever he's pressured, he sticks in the pocket and he'll roll right. And it was it's like he's so quick over that. He's not like your um Lamar Jackson's quick through the lines, no. but he's really quick to go right, find himself space, and then a rocket he's arm, got a, an underrated arm. Hasn't he? Tell you what's a fire oh. there in the in the middle of a fire in New York. That thing just absolutely blows. It's awesome, mate. I, I, I'm so impressed. I, I love when you go back and watch a game, any sport, and you really focus on you know the things you thought you saw. And I just watched him time and time again roll out to the right, and there was literally nothing uh, the defense could do about it because he was so quick to get out there. By the time they got over to him, he'd already got the ball go. So. I don't have any qualms with a guy rolling out that way if they've got the ability to do it. If they've got the arm, do you know what I mean? If they've got the arm to do it, then that's sensational. And Ravens taking on the Browns. I tell you what, Ravens not impressive at all at the moment. Go the Browns. Seven and five. And, yeah, go the Browns here. And look, uh, they've been, <laughs> this the, week... Um, the, bank, the, the, the Ravens have been literally taking a dump on Cleveland since they left. You know, and yep. what's one of the great stories, it's one of the saddest stories in in world sport. Like if you really, really dig down, unless you're a, a Baltimore native, and I get they're some of the most passionate sports people around, and they've got an awesome jersey and they've done amazing things and Ray Lewis and all the rest of it, but they left Cleveland. They left Cleveland, yeah. who was one of the most, you know, full on, full-on NFL cities that you could possibly get. That's their thing. That's their sport. They left Cleveland. They rolled out, and two years later or three years later, they win a Super Bowl. And that's all those people ever wanted. It's just devastating. And then they come back to Cleveland. They can't do squat. And every year the Ravens come in and they've got, you know, they've got the the CEO who is um, picking all the draft picks, like Ray Lewis, who is, is, is a Cleveland Browns legend. You know, player, and they're just watching us going. You know, they had Bill Belichick as their coach in their last year before they left. It's like, it's just unbelievable how this worked out. 
It is one of the really good stories. I mean, if uh, you know, we're, we're geeks who will go and watch uh, anything we can um, in terms of, uh, you know, documentaries and, and, and stuff like that as well. But that really is, the, the Cleveland Browns tacos are, are almost heartbreaking. You can't believe it actually is real. No, I think their story, and I think, you know, you talk about, I know that the um, the NFL networks um, around the NFL um, do a, you know, a heartbreak series. And, you know, well, I love those guys, Dan Hansis and all those blokes. They're a couple of yep. heroes of mine. Um, and, they, and they always did. <laughs> ah, that's a good little inside joke that I like. That's good, yeah. But they do their, um, you know, their, um, was it the, pardon, the, the sadness ratings or the, 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 the or the um, whatever it is, you know, for the, for the saddest teams, basically. And the brownies are always there. Wait, Baker, Baker Mayfield's wife. So I didn't mean to cut you off there. Baker Mayfield's wife came out in defence of him. I keep cutting you off there. That's a good podcast. That off. Yeah, you got to edit that, man. I will, mate. Baker Mayfield's uh, wife came out and defended him this week and said, uh, you know, basically to Stephen, uh, Stephen K. Um, what do you think of those apples, kind of thing? And I kind of like that. I like a bit of banter between the media and a player's wife and. Look, there's still a fair bit to, to prove, but I like the fact that Mayfield's got a bit of a mouth and backs it up. Didn't Steve, he's finally starting to get a... Did Stephen A actually um, have a bit of a, a missive, a mea culpa, and admit that he got that one wrong? Oh, as much as, as Stephen A ever can, mate. Um, as much as he ever can, I think he did. I think he was called out by a number of people on it. Yeah, and, um, no, too, because he was you know, getting called out with all those sackings at ESPN and, and his salary's going up and people are losing their jobs. Yeah, and look, still, he's right. He's still got a lot to prove. But, you know, when his basic saying was, I've never seen a man with so much do so little. It was pretty bloody harsh. No, for good. I think the Browns are actually on a, on a not meteoric, but on a pretty constant rise. Uh, they're, they're looking, they are looking headlong. If they can beat the, beat the, um, the Ravens, they're looking headlong at qualifying for the playoffs. They haven't done it for 20 years. Well, they're, 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 they're going to make the playoffs, mate. They're, they're going to make the playoffs, and it's brilliant for their support. I'm, I'm really, honestly, very... Uh, welcome to our new section. It is keep, cuddle, or kick. We'll give you three options. You get to keep one of them, you get to cuddle one of them, and you get to kick one of them out. Very, very happy for them. Mate, we're going to finish off this pod. We've covered a fair bit already. Mm. And, and look, it's, we've already 40-odd minutes in. So how well have we done here? So we're going to do the topic that I love throwing at you. And it's keep, cuddle, kick. I found these to be incredibly confronting in the last couple of weeks. So they're, 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 they're really interesting. And I don't really like to go back and listen to what I say to you. But I, I, I had to go back and listen last week. And I was like, oh, my God, yep. did I say that? All right, but... um. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You put on this. You put on the spot, mate. Okay. Nice, easy one for you. AFL draft, NFL draft, NBA draft. You can keep one, kick one, cuddle the other. Actually, I'm going to surprise you a bit, right? I'm, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So keep means that we say that's our number one thing, yeah. And then cuddle means we feel sorry yep. for it, yep. like a bird with a broken wing sort of thing. And then kick is don't like it. Um, keep the NFL yep. draft, Snape Rainer, love it. You know, I watch all three days of it, and I guess it's, you know, it's not 
it's not hard to know what's going on because you get all this stuff thrown at you. But basically, um, most people know what the team's deficiencies are, and it's pretty well yep. documented who they're going to, who's available in those positions. So it's really interesting. I love the way it's done. Um, it's very professional, and it, you never really know if it's going to work out. But um, you know, I'm going to keep the NFL draft. That's the best one. I'm going to cuddle, believe it or not, the NBA draft because okay. I just love the idea of a, you know, that you can't actually tank for top spot. They've got to go and have a a a, um, a lottery for it. I know I love the lottery because every time that uh, the Knicks uh, bottom of the league or close to it, we get the sixth pick in the draft. Uh-huh. What, you know, we have this 30-odd, 40-odd percent chance of getting the number one pick and we end up getting the number it's six. It's kind pick. of like crucifying someone so, again. I mean, imagine if that happened this year with the Jets, if they came stone marvelous. So I, I, like, I don't love that idea, but I, I, I get it because I think in the NBA, I mean, seriously, teams throw the towel in pretty early in the year. And they are really cruising when you, for the bottom of the barrel. And, and I think it's rotten because they're playing 70-odd games and people pay a fortune to see them, even in the smaller franchises there. And so, obviously, you're going to uh, kick out the AFL. Mainly game. because of what we talked about before. Now, that, that's, that should be something that we, you know, okay, well, we love the game. We know what's going on with everything else. But I cannot. My, one of my best mates is a maths wizard. Now, he knows it. He gets it. Knows what's going on. It's far too convoluted. He was there that night. We all fell asleep. Yep. We all fell asleep. Well, at, we all fell asleep at su- the casino. It was just a joke. You might be surprised here. I'm going to say exactly the same as you. The AF, uh, the NFL draft's amazing, and and I love how they've got it produced. Now, you did a really good job this year with COVID as well, which. I think they did an outstanding job. I'm going to cuddle the NBA draft for exactly the same reasons you said. I love the the fact that it's the um, for two reasons actually. One is the percent how they you basically it's a lottery, and and the second one is a player can change a whole franchise. Mm. One player can change the NBA, so I really love that. And at the moment with the AFL draft, how complicated it's become for people. It's gone away from when people knew. Okay, I've got pick three, seven, and eight. And I've got pick nine. Oh, the top 10 or 12 this year are fantastic. It's gone away from that. You know, you've got to put in your draft pick if you're matched for a uh, academy kid. You've got to put a draft if you're matched for a uh, father-son. Just simplify it, people. I mean, I, you and I are massive sports fans. The people who listen to this podcast are massive sports fans. If we don't know what's happening tonight, then something is really wrong. I agree with the, the, the no, Lions no. philosophy, which is, if we know exactly what we're going to get with a high-quality forward who's playing now, yep. then who cares what we can pick up at the top of the draft? Because the other thing about the AFL draft is these guys are kids coming out of school. You know, if you go to those yep. other two comps with their draft, everyone knows exactly who the players are, you know, because they're actually and that might, that might change. professionals. That might change uh, with some of the, um, you know, one season rules and even um, going overseas and coming back, that might change the NBA mm. and it might not change it for the good. Uh, but definitely with NFL, you've seen them in, long enough in the college system. They're, they're grown. They're basically, they are grown men by the time they hit the competition. They're ready to rock and roll. Um, okay. Two more for you really quickly, mate. We'll chuck these ones out. Lacrosse, 
polo diving. <laughs> now, polo, we'll go the horse for right. lacrosse yeah, polo. That's the one diving. I was going to take. Um, okay, lacrosse polo diving. Okay, um, well, seriously, honestly, I'm going to have to keep diving because that's a that's an actual genuine real sport. Even though I'll how you get diving, started you? in it or how you get good at it, you know, um, I remember at Woodridge Pool when I was a kid, um, if you had a pair of black stubbies, you were allowed onto the three-metre. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if you, if you did bomb in, you were cut, but it was worth it just for the one shot in the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the tick on that one with you. Um, I'm gonna kick out polo because I think it's for an, it's an elitist sport. I don't want anything to do with it. If it was water polo, that would be a different thing altogether. Yeah, I, oh, I think isn't polo kind of big in Argentina? Were we talking about Argentina the other week? Do they like it? Polo is yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, they yeah do. but not no, it's not for me. I, I, that's got to go. I mean, I. I've never really seen much to do with lacrosse, but given the way we are these days with everything, I'll say I think it's a native Indian sport. And so is, um, that's is, enough yeah. to keep it for me because I just want to, um, you know, I want to cuddle that because that's the way things are. And I think Bill Belichick's a big uh, lacrosse guy. Well, mate, having seen some lacrosse myself, um, it's really tough. They cop some massive hits in that game. It's it's actually a good game live. I couldn't be bothered ever watching it on TV, but live I've had a ball watching a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, man. Mate, we're gonna go an Olympic gonna go an Olympic theme on the last one. Gonna go an Olympic theme on the last one for you, mate. They're, um Olympics are trying to keep up um, you know, with you know, they're trying to be hip and cool and mm. all the stuff that I've just I said, which makes me not hip or yeah, cool. Yeah, there you go. So surfing, break dancing and skateboarding in the Olympics. Not as sports themselves, but as Olympic sports. Surfing, breakdancing and I can't imagine we're going to get a different outcome here. I just can't imagine we're going to get a different outcome because I actually, I just, I buried my head in my hands and went, what's going on when I heard the news? I was like, tell me that's not really happening. When I heard that Brad, well, you I said it much nicer than I did last night. An Olympic sport. I just went, what the F is going on? I mean, it's not even, if that's Olympic sport, why isn't there other more, you know, older forms of legitimate dance not in? Like, yeah, yeah agree. And you know, is this just another virtue signaling exercise of, oh, you know, because how can it possibly be an Olympic sport? Well, other sports missed out. Chess put their, their um, hat in the ring or softball their in the, on the board. Yeah. So a number of sports were rejected for this Olympics. Breakdancing is an amazing art. And the guys who do it and girls who do it, I, I, I watch it and I enjoy it, but I don't want to see it as a sport. It's not a sport. Like, I, it's never I, been – no one's no. ever stood there and given a mark. No, they um, they've cheered each other off, um, but that's about it. Uh, what about skateboarding? I don't think I'm finished on breakdancing yet. Like seriously, what's going on <laughs> at the Olympic Committee? Like, who allowed that? I got no, I got no it's... commentary for you. I, I think we're both on the same page. All right, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, you know what? I tell you what. There was some dudes hanging around Logan when I was a kid. Like with the cardboard, it'd be a chance. 
Uh, uh, skate, skateboarding can get a cuddle because whatever, I don't care about it. Uh, at least I know though that those dudes do some. Hey, and the thing is with breakdancing, they do amazing stuff. But yeah, skateboarding's yeah, tough, and I know there's rules, and I know that they know how to judge it. Like I know that they know what they're looking for. It's like yeah, that dude's good, and that and it's worth ten. Surfing, I'm keeping. Surfing's a real surfing. And, and surfing, um, you know, if you've had the chance to watch it on TV, um, they've really got it down pat. The judges have been doing it for a number of years. The competitors know what they need to get scores. Um, you've got the priorities. It's got a lot of things that make it a really interesting thing to watch in the last few minutes. You know, you get around the boy, you've got the priority, um, the three people in a heat and all that. I think it's weird. I think whoever's got world surfing to where it is now over the last few years has done an absolutely tremendous job of legitimizing it as a real sport. I like surfing. I go to the pro and the, and the snapper pro every year. It's awesome. Oh, it's, and how well is it it's run? Brilliant. Like it's, you know what's happening. They've got the good colors on the rashies. You know who's got, got priority good and you know what they need oh. to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan on that. I mean, have you got any, um, you got anything else to, you know, bring up about the weaker sport? There, well, mate? It's a shame that, you know, one of my favourite bands is the Beastie Boys. It's a shame that, you know, half of them are dead because, well, you know, one of them's dead because <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of breakdancing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, shout out to the Beasties, mate. Um, uh, you know, quite misogynistic kind of very much the kind of rap in, the, in their first or, or hip-hop in their first couple of years because that's what they thought they had to do. But such an enlightened band. And um, they came out with a classic lyric about, you know, protecting women in a, on, a, on a song called Sure Shot years before people were talking about treating women well and everything. So sure. shout out to the Beasties. Did... album, I believe, my friend. Is that right? It, absolutely. And just one of the most magical lines. And if you ever watch a Beastie Boys doco, and there's a couple of good ones out there, uh, the remaining band members who won't do any more music in that regards, they talk about that line because they didn't know what each other was going to say, as you'd know. Mm. And when he came in that, with that line, they just looked at each other and went, wow. And he went on to, you know, meet the Dalai Lama and travel around the world and do all different things before he passed away, so at, you know, Mike younger D. than us. One of the um, my, my Mike, other um, favourite lines on that album is, and I, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a, it's a cut from... Um, the great, uh, you can't be mentioned, former comedian, Mr. Cosby. And it's if it's going to be that type of party, I think I'm going to stick my in the mashed potatoes. That is definitely off the same album. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Mike D who did the line? It was Adam. It was, it was Adam. Adam, um, Adam Yeah. So, yeah, definitely adds there. Good. But, mate, um, it's been a lovely, uh, lovely chat. We'll get this. Uh, we'll get some more questions from our listeners. We had a couple this week, which I was unable to include. So um, I'll bring those onto the pod next week. And John, sorry, I didn't have time to get them out to you. So, guys, if you want to get some questions, you can get them to the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook or Twitter. You can post them to me at Paul underscore Football. Don't post them to John on Lambic Peach. He's really on Twitter, even though he loves you all. Post some questions. We'll put your name and the question up on our podcast. I don't go on Twitter because I'm afraid I'm going to get cancelled. Uh, and that's that. That is very legitimate these days. Yeah. You know, I won't go on about what you can and can't do on Twitter, but it seems that um, certain people can do anything and others can do mm. nothing. Peace out, John. I hope Newcastle goes well for you, and I hope you have a lovely weekend. You take care, man. Love you, brother. Thank you.
You too, mate. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me on Twitter at Paul underscore football. And you can get John at Lambic Peach on Twitter as well. You can get us on the Love Sport Podcast Network on Facebook and Twitter. Send us some commentary. Let us know what you like and don't like and anything you want to talk about. This is the Love Sport Podcast. <laughs>